And we're off. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. 350 pre-show. Yes. And it's uh, the second time that we've switched seats. Oh. So Greg is spilling water already. <laughs> we in, are now in... Running the, the controls. I am in the, uh, in the control position. Jeff is not... He Which means a, I get to play all the uh, all the audio, audio clips and things like that. Is seven and eight? Is that does that? That one is uh, my uh, your this laptop's audio. Okay, and this that one, one is uh, this white cable that you just unplugged. All right, so we don't need that. Yeah. All right, so those, that's all we need. Just yep. want to make sure I get all the specifics down. So, uh, how are things? Things are pretty good. Good. We are. Countdown, uh... Relax, Morty. <laughs> Rick and Morty sound for <laughs> Yeah, so you just watched all of Rick and Morty. I did. And I, uh... Why didn't you tell me to watch this before, man? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Keep yeah. it a secret to yourself. Yeah, how, how dare I just not, not mention every week how much I love it. Yeah, good show. Your opinion means very little to me. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I'm not going to get crazy with the soundboard. I just wanted to kind of play it out real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you asked me what my favorite episode was. And I think there's a, a theme uh, that I like better than others. And the theme is when they're really playing with interdimensionality or timelines and things like that. Like, okay. so the ones where they Rick and Morty had destroyed their reality and jumped into a new reality where Rick and Morty had just died yeah. and take up residence there. Right. Or uh the one where uh Patch Morty, you know, and Rick oh, yes. come into and then kind of steal them like af- af- out of the dinner table and uh the interdimensional council of Ricks. Yes. Yeah, so those are, the, and then also the time ones, the one where they had split the timeline and were like first double, then quadruple, then uh-huh. 64th, then Schrodinger's cats were floating outside the garage door and all that fun stuff. I thought that was... Well, they both uh, are and, they both were and weren't outside. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So I, I think the ones that really play with that whole infinite timeline thing, mm-hmm. uh, even, even ones that are less, like uh, one of the more recent ones that I think you just aired this season, right, where they drop off... Um, what's Morty's dad? Jerry. Uh, Jerry off at the Jerry daycare. Yes. And go having to do it. But there's like a thousand Jerry's there. <laughs> or at least, you know, dozens of Jerry's there being dropped off. So like all the other Rick and Morty's all got stuck with Jerry and they all dropped him off at the Jerry daycare for right. their adventure of the day. <laughs> um, The thing I love about that one, you know, I, I, I love that episode uh, that when Jermaine Clement was in, that was the the episode with fart. Yeah. Um, the, the unspoken sort of tag at the end where it was, the Jerry's were essentially interchangeable. Yeah. They just, they just swapped them. It didn't really matter which universe. There's no difference between. Well, I mean, Jerry's. There, there's little difference, but I mean, most of the timelines are going to be very similar. Yeah. So when the wrong Jerry comes back to, when Jerry B comes back to dimension a, Anything that's out of whack is just going to kind of seem like deja vu, right? I mean, <laughs> you remember when he's <laughs> ah human music? I like it. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, with the, with the simulation inside the simulation, mm-hmm. it seemed like uh, Inception was like 
overplayed. Like there's like three episodes where they're like kind of doing this whole reality <laughs> Remember, inside you, a reality you got, thing. You got to I, I binge I binge watched one yeah. and a half seasons in uh like four days, yeah, five four days. days. So I binge watched for sure, but it seemed like the the whole Inception premise was played out several times. Yeah, the, well the very first one was just sort of making fun of Inception. Uh the the in the simulation thing was more of a matrix thing. But then there was just just recently there was the sort of Inception uh, one with um, why am I not remembering? Well, it wasn't straight up dreaming like the original, but it was. Um, what were we just talking about? It was. Uh, <laughs> oh, forget. <laughs> the Jerry's? No, it wasn't Jerry's. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there was the Mr. Poopy butthole, right? Is that is that what you're thinking of? No, no, no. There was another one where it was very um, multi-layered. You know, instead of just alternate realities, it was like sub. It was uh, oh, the simulations, right? Where the guys are trying to find the the uh, combination to Rick Safer or the well, that one, yeah, concentrated but, dark matter, yeah. or whichever one it was. Yeah, that that was like I said, that was more of a Matrix rip than it was a Inception rip. But there was, it was multiple layers. There was deep. multiple layers. Yeah. <laughs> David Cross <laughs> tricking Rick <laughs> Sanchez. Um, what did you think of the uh, TV one, the the mostly improvised one? I, I know you liked that one. I thought it was good. I didn't like it as much as, as mm. some of the other interdimensional ones. I, the, the the battery one where they again kind of an inception thing a universe inside a universe inside a universe right? oh yeah okay that's what so, the, yeah the battery yeah that yeah, so that, I mean that was another yeah. one that kind of there were layers of it that. wasn't a rip I mean it wasn't blatantly going back to inception but you know when you binge watch you're like catching oh they're you know again reality is not what it seems inside a reality inside a reality right and they also had the notion that time moves slower inside that other reality too so that mm-hmm. um that helped the inception parallel that was really funny how yeah. they played out how the same trope develops yeah. in each reality also what was funny was how neither of the you know crazy scientists uh really cared about any of the universe <laughs> or any, any of the intelligent creatures like they just destroyed them <laughs> they're having no problems with that so the t-verse <laughs> Wubble up a dub dub. <laughs> lick, lick, lick my balls. <laughs> Say that all the time. Oh, man. There's so many great catchphrases yeah. that Rick has. Tiny Rick, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's. I ask you to do one thing. So that's oh, that one. Shit, dog. Let me, um. Oh, actually, here we go. Here we go. Wubble up a dub dub. There's actually two versions. <laughs> that that was from the one. It, it was the devil episode where it really clicked the no. level of dub dub because we don't like that to him. Um, uh, <laughs> devil, I mean, that was that was so good because he was doing it just to fuck with the devil. Yeah, and well, the he reason was, he was willing to kill it not yeah. because he had won but because he'd been bored, got bored with it you know it's i mean what i loved about it was sort of rick's attitude towards the devil was you're the devil that's stupid <laughs> that's just stupid 
I'm going to destroy that. So, <laughs> and as soon as it wasn't worth doing anymore, I was like, all right, I'm done. I proved my point. I love my grandkids. Aww. Psych, just kidding. My new catchphrase is, I don't give a f Just shake that ass, bitch, and let me see what you've got. Just Rick does seem to be really uh, firing on all cylinders when it comes to snarky one-liners. Like through the second season, he's like amping it up yeah. more so than early on. And well, they, they've as they went through, they learned more and more how to write the show. Can I, can I see your Apple Watch? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeff wants to check out my new watch because I've never touched one of these. Yeah, put it on and. I'd... When it it locks when I take it off, so I have to unlock it. But I can unlock okay. it just by unlocking my phone. Oh, wrong way. Yeah, you, you you clasp. You don't put it in the clasp. You you snap it and then you put it in the clasp. All right. So now it's uh, unlocked. It's Sixty three degrees and mostly cloudy. Uh, best so, CNN says best selling novelist Jackie Collins has died from. That's cancer. Okay, so that's swiping down is is the notifications. Uh, swiping up is your glances. That gives you the sort of... Oh, uh, I see there's a whole bunch. Okay. Yeah. So you got a kind of world clock. You got your thing turned on airplane mode and stuff like that. iTunes, battery status, motion and activity, calendar, more weather, calendar... Twitter. That was Outlook, I think. The one that was a calendar. Um, okay. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. New York Times. Some kind of find my iWatch. That's just maps. Okay. Um, moon first moon cycle. Your travel for GBF, apparently. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm testing out the ones... See what I want. So that's uh, so that's that's the glances. Those are the sort of quick versions that can go to the apps if you want to, and those are the apps. Um, All right. So I'm using the digital crown. The digital crown. Zoom in which and you zoom can out. Zoom, yeah. And then I guess you can kind of swipe around here and look at different things. So what's a what's a good app that I should look at? Um. <laughs> no. Nothing. None of these are any good. It depends on what you want. Yeah, you got LastPass. Yeah, I do. Have so LastPass. what does LastPass do? It's better prompt for a password. I'm going to smack you. Okay, so we got the vault. And look at the vault. Is your phone like prompting for some kind of authentication, or it's saying something real quick and then not showing it to me? It might need to be done. Lock the phone. All right. Okay, so try to go to your vault. No, it's 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 an error message, but it's not up long enough for me to see what it says. Interesting. It could be something to do with the them not having. Um... There's something about okay. I clicked on a plus and it says with the voice search you can agree to share some of your data with Apple. That's probably not super wise. All right, screw it. LastPass. Um... Yeah, not having the. Uh... Update kind of pissed me off. Okay. So, um, so there's a Skype app. What do you do from? What do you do with Skype? Just messaging. Part? I think you can do messaging, and you can. Okay. Um, I have no idea. I never have even used the <laughs> okay. Skype app. All right. <laughs> I'm striking out here, people. Okay, here's his photos. Let's see if they, what kind of porn Greg has in his photos. 
There's a picture of a malt mill. Is that from us? I guess. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the most. Re- you only got two pictures in your phone I, photos thing. I, I don't know. I haven't used the photo thing. So is that Nick? I guess that's Nick. Yeah, that's Nick. Yeah, it's Nick. All right. I am really striking out here, man. Go to like ESPN or something. Do that. That I don't usually care has the about information. ESPN. That's information for you. Or go to New York. Okay. Times. Log into the app on your phones. Oh. <laughs> yes, this Apple Watch is awesome. Alright, uh, all right. uh, do uh, should I call an Uber? Um, do Calcbot. I don't know what Calcbot looks like. Here, tap it. Yeah, fireworks going off again, huh? Outside. Okay, so we can calculate, convert, or I want to convert. Uh, rods the hogsheads. Uh, okay, so. Four thousand seven hundred ninety euro, ninety sixty-eight euros is five thousand three twenty-one dollars. Okay. How do I change? Press. I want to change the. I don't want to do a money conversion. I want to do something else. Come on, help me out, Calcapot. Press uh, firmly for options. Okay, there, there you we go. Ah, oh, the force touch. I'm not yeah. used to pressing firm enough. You got to press pretty hard for the force touch to. Yeah, it's effect. not. Uh, it's not a. It's not a little tiny. Uh, tap. Oh, and then I just felt the little haptic feedback here. So it's saying that zero. It's Fahrenheit, wonderful radio, I know. Zero Fahrenheit is minus seventeen point seven 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 eight centigrade. Fancy. Okay, let's do calculate. Options of that. That uh, that force touch wrist vibrated I don't know it's uh, not what I expected it to be it's slightly unnerving the way it kind of thumps your wrist you get used to it yeah I'm sure you do but like my first impression was like it's sort of like when I felt the um, you, you were talking about the new force touch pads yeah, yeah. I felt one at, at uh, the Apple store you said it felt exactly like the button it doesn't feel exactly like it definitely feels different a little bit but um, it's okay. close enough that, that it's very similar Okay, you can have your watch back. So it seems like it's uh, I'm miss I, I everything I clicked on was not the cool stuff. So find install some cool stuff and let me see it again. I just I'm not I haven't really played with it enough to get a handle on what the mm. cool stuff is. Um, there there are some cool things you can do with it. Like for example, um, we should have unlocked. Come on. For example, um. There's Apple Pay right there. Okay. Um, oh, I didn't even try that button. Yeah. I didn't realize there was another button. This allows you to go right to your contacts. If I wanted to send you a message, right, I could go Jeff, and I could say message. Uh, can you... Hey, Jeff, comma, go fuck yourself, period. And send... And there you go. I just sent you that message. <laughs> I hope you didn't send it to your boss, Jeff. <laughs> no, because I selected from here. Oh, okay. Um, and so there you go. So that kind of thing happens. And, and you get, you know, like you said, notifications come right to your wrist. That's always nice. Um, has a whole bunch of different watch faces. So you can go to different ones. Like that's the one I use. So I was showing you. So you saw this one. 
Right. This is the one that I, that I use sort of uh, when I'm running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one I use at work is this one, which has a calendar, has Phoenix time, uh, temperature, battery, other stuff on it. Okay. You can change all these aspects to see what you want. Like this is another one that I run around with sometimes is. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I sent I sent Greg back uh, yeah. two emojis: the eggplant and the guy with his mouth open. So. And this one just says, um, "Upset that that was the one I showed you because you interrupted me." This is a similar one, the same sort of thing, but it's weather, has a moon phase, uh, other things on it. You can switch to different types of watch faces and, and change these so-called complications that are in them to whatever you like. Uh, and so that's the the bigger watch face, right? And I guess... Yeah, this is the large one. Okay. And I could also go hold this. What is the score of the Yankees game? Nice. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. If you were asking me to give an honest opinion of it, I think it's it's a good, like, $200 watch. And I paid $400 for it. I don't mind paying a little extra i mean i've 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 paid two hundred dollars on more sketchy things so but it's is it is it worth four hundred dollars probably not is it worth two you know 150 200 dollars yeah probably i'd love to see i mean i'm not gonna you know it's a pay app you know like i was talking about how it'd be really awesome if the geocaching app had a kind of a heads-up display on the watch where Mm -hmm. it would give you kind of the the walk in this direction for 500 feet type thing um you know that'd be really you know. well there is something like that for the maps it'll right oh for like is, walking directions. yeah you can do thing. walking directions and it'll tell you yeah so like if the geocaching app had that that'd be awesome for the kind of goofy stuff that i do you know just where you dial it in and instead of having to hold your phone you can just kind of glance actually now that you mention it so I, I can think about an app that that is sort of similar to what you're looking for which is this one here easy which tells you exactly where you are so you are here and it gives me where I am and it gives me the actual latitude, longitude. Nice. Uh and uh height. Um and also give you a map. Right. And it gives me uh this actually needs to be there it goes. Okay. Says you're across the street, but close enough. <laughs> close enough, yeah. It does say the accuracy is a little poor. Mm, right. There it goes. It jumps up a little bit. You are in the basement, so. Yeah, so it needed to, but there it goes. Now, now I found it. Still my neighbor. Still your neighbor. Okay. Well, it's a 10 meter accuracy. Right. No, I mean, you are in the basement, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I think someone mentioned that the watch doesn't have a, a magnetic compass in it. So for like the geocaching thing, it wouldn't really know which direction. Right. But what it could do is what older GPSs did, where it was kind of a delta off direction of motion. So like it could look at where you were just, you know, 40 seconds ago and mm-hmm. do a delta and then just assume which direction you're facing type thing. So which will work fine for what I want it to do. But for 400 bucks. I'll just wait. Yeah, no, it, I got it for you know for running around, and I'm I'm gonna keep it. I think. Speaking of goofy, uh, goofy gadgets, I picked up two of those dash buttons. Oh, really? I, I did to, to hack them. Hold on one second. Let me grab them. 
right. talk for a second. They're just in the other room. Okay, Jeff is going to go grab some buttons. The wonderful dash buttons. Now, can you get dash on dash? Was it was dash like a? Um, I, want, I think it was an air freshener or something. Was what was dash? The the product. So this one's not configured yet. Okay. This one I've kind of hacked here. Let me show you on my computer. I just got a little bit done last night. Where if we. All right. Jeff is look, showing me a shell that he set up, and he's. How did you find out how to hack it? Was it stuff online? Uh, okay, here it is. Here's the window. So go ahead and click that. I just went there. So I'm getting messages from it. Yeah. I just I I'm not acting upon the messages yet. So what I had to do was. I started to set up the dash button, and because you gotta use your phone to set up the dash button, uh-huh. and there's actually a microphone on these damn things right here, and your phone puts out like like squeaky, scratchy clicks, and that's how it sends the Wi-Fi info to the dash button is over audio. It's kind of weird. I wasn't expecting that, and then um, I thought it'd be more of an ad hoc network, and then it takes you. So it's not Internet of Things. It's well, no, it is after that. That's how you're sending your Wi-Fi info into the dash button. I see. Is from your phone, through your phone's speaker, into this microphone with, like, clicks and scratches. Oh, that's cool. Um, but then once you get it configured, it takes you into the Amazon app, and it wants you to pick which kind of Ziploc bags do you want to buy. And that's where you kind of stop when you want to hack these things. You don't hook it up to buy certain bags. Mm-hmm. And then what I did was on my home router... I found the MAC address for the dash button, gave it a static IP, and then I set up a, 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 I use a Linux router, I set up an IP tables rule to say any DNS traffic from that IP, instead of sending it out to the internet, redirect it to my laptop. So you're looking at a server that's running on port 53, looking for DNS traffic, and just writing time to order more mac and cheese. Whatever it sees. Whenever it sees that packet. So, I mean, that's what it's doing. My router is intercepting the traffic for this thing, so it's not getting to Amazon anymore. And then redirecting it to my laptop. And my laptop saying, hey, I saw a packet. And that's as far as I got. The next step is to act upon it and whatever you, you know, whenever you want your Wi-Fi internet button to do something, you make yeah. it do it. I just got to figure out what that something is. So it can only do one thing, but it can do one thing whenever right. you want to. For five bucks. Yeah. It's like a $30 piece of equipment you can get for 5 bucks. So. Yeah, pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so actually, let's get into the science uh, segment. Um, let's do a, do a recap. <clears throat> so we have the idea of... Do you want your L-shaped thumb drive? No, no. You know, I, you're going to switch over to I, the uh, barrel-shaped I'll, bottle I'll, opener? All right, I'll go to the... the no, 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 no. Use the bottle opener. I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter. It, basically, uh, particles um, that have mass, uh, they they spin, they change their spin back and forth. Uh, particles that don't have mass, like photons, they, their spin stays the same. Uh, the ones that change their spin back and forth, uh, they have mass in relation to how fast they spin back and forth. Uh, and the interesting thing about that is that when they go in one direction, they have a charge. When they go in the other direction, they don't have a charge. The st- charge is going somewhere. The question is where. 
And then we discussed uh, refraction and the idea that when something go when it, when a photon goes through a material, it mm. uh, becomes a, a quasi state, a quasi particle, joins up with another with another excitation, becomes a polariton. That has a mass term, so it slows down, and then as soon as it leaves the uh, leaves the material, it goes back to photon state and immediately snaps back up to see. So you asked a question, a good question, which was, what happens on the particle level when, why are some colors refractive more than others? Well, the question was, at least the one I intended to ask was, what is the quantum mechanism that explains refraction? Yeah. Your initial answer was, well, it's the cosine of the incidence, you know, and like, that's more of the macro geometry part of it. And, you know, that... Okay, when I was telling you, yeah, the, the answer to to the equations is yeah the is, well the answer to the equation, but yeah. that's not a quantum right. thing. That's no, the, the that's... quantum mechanism. I, okay, let me first correct something that I that I got wrong last time. Uh, I said that it gains mass in proportion to its energy. That's not true. They all gain the same amount of mass. So. Um, no matter what the energy is of the photon, they gain the same amount of mass when they enter whatever material it is. So I want to get that straight because that's going to play a role. Mm-hmm. So the, the mechanism uh, by which we understand uh, the, the quantum nature of what happens here is the uh, sum over paths formulation of quantum mechanics uh, made famous by Feynman, the quantum electrodynamics. I won't get into what it, what it gets in, you know, the, the, the physics of it, but essentially... The light is taking the the principle of least action. It's taking the the uh, easiest path mm-hmm. it can. I mean that makes sense, right? I mean that's how resistance works in electricity right. and everything. So it, it kind of makes sense that light is going to bend because that's the least resistive path. Right. It's it's just you know there's a I don't know how like my intuition's going to translate. Quantumly, probably not at all, but you know, the light goes into a different density material, and there's like at the interface, there's a lensing effect that redirects it, you know. And I was the initial question that I had asked was what accounts for that on the quantum level? Yeah. Can it be explained to a layman and it on can, the particle here's, level? Here's what, what I'll try to do because I, I did look into it and, mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, read up on it. Uh, and then try to figure out how I can translate that into the easiest term. And, and what I'm thinking of in particular is why does a blue photon take a different path than a red photon? Right. So higher energy things bend less. Right. And, and that kind of, that's intuitive well, right? Because in the real world, when you have something with higher energy, it takes, it's going to, if you have the same force acting upon it, it's going to bend less than something with lower energy. You know, think of throwing um, a ball past a fan, right? Mm-hmm. The harder you throw the ball, the less it's going to move because it's going to be in the fan less time. There's going to be more energy behind it, where if you throw it very gently, the the fan's going to have more of an effect on it. Unless the ball is very heavy, therefore has a lot of inertia, therefore the fan can't move it as much. But using the same... Yes. But using... The same mass ball with different energies right, behind yeah, it. Yeah. You're still going to have different amounts of curvature when you're throwing right. a ball into a wind tunnel or something. Like right, that. and that's more or less what happens uh, in this situation. You're getting 
basically conservation of momentum. Uh, the energy of, of the photon is translated into momentum where um, uh, P equals E over C. So therefore, the, the blue photon has more momentum than the red photon as it moves through. And so it is moving faster. Well, not faster, but it's moving less. It's getting bent less than the red one is. So it's, it's higher. Path. It's a higher energy yeah. particle, so it right. gets bent less. Right. Like I said, if you and and make think of throwing a ball into a wind column, right. you know, like past a big fan, mm-hmm. you and you throw it at, at ten different speeds, you're going to see ten different angles of deflection from yep. the wind, and and that's kind of the refraction. So I mean, I think most of the people listening, that's very intuitive. That I think that makes Good. sense. I'm glad. And then. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm hijacking. I don't know if you're still getting there, but again, my initial question was a little bit different. It's like, okay, you have this photon, right? And it is in a less dense medium. It hits a more dense medium and it's caused to refract. And then when it hits the interface to the less dense medium on the other side, it refracts again, but in the opposite direction. And yes, the math, the, the, the whole cosine Math makes sense. We learned that in in easy trigonometry type things and physics type things. Um, again, it's like, what is the? How did you explain the phenomenon when you know you're okay. zoomed way into right. that all right, particle? All right. all right, I sort of see what you're saying. So go back to your fan example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about a ball that goes through the fan, and and if, if it gets twisted by the fan, then it'll continue to go. You know, if if you put a ball and like a ping pong ball, and it move, it starts to move in some direction. Even if it gets away from the fan, it'll continue to move in that direction. It continues to feel mm-hmm. uh, the 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 momentum change that, that that it had received. That is not what happens with a photon. The photon only is feeling that fan when it's in the influence right. where the fan can happen. So. If you think of the pane of glass as that as a sort of fan, uh, then when it enters, it get, it gets the influence of the fan based on right, its momentum, right. and then as soon as it leaves, it stops feeling the influence of that fan altogether, and it goes back to its sure. original right. momentum path. It goes back because it loses that. That's if the pane of glass is parallel, right? But if you're talking about a curved lens, it's going to come out at a different angle because it yeah, has to yeah. do with the. Angle at the interface. Yes, I'm. I'm, so, I'm being simplistic right, about it right, in order right. to, to right. Get but it's not. Wrong. It's not exactly. I, I didn't mean to say you're wrong. I'm just saying, just to point out, it. Yeah. It's in oh, a. Please sim- tell me I'm wrong. It, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, in a simplistic scenario, yeah. what you said is true. But because I mean, the reason lenses work is because they're not parallel. They're yes, right. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to to give you sure. an idea right. of what's going on quantumly. Yeah, so like I'm imagining a photon, and I'm sure my mind's image of a photon is completely wrong, right? I'm sure you imagine a photon very differently. You probably imagine, I don't know how you imagine it, but I imagine imagine. if I zoom in enough, I see the ping pong ball, right? You know, and then it is in a, in the atmosphere, in a very relatively low density environment, and then it hits a, Trans, a transparent material like glass and it refracts and you know the place I'm most curious is that that instance right there right where it like there's something that happens as it gets absorbed into the glass it becomes what you call the polariton. the polariton 
And I think the hard part I'm having, the part I can't reconcile, even though I know none of the math and I barely know quantum mechanics, the thing I can't reconcile is how when you're on the quantum level, how those geometries of angle to the surface come into play, right? Because you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And it'd be difficult to get into uh, how it's dealt with. But let me let me give you... I'll give you something of, of an overview of how it's dealt with. Um, the idea is, like I said, some of our paths... Uh, or path integral but the concept is essentially the photon takes all possible paths oh now we're gonna go blow our minds up every possible path the photon takes and then you do something called renormalization where you you essentially look at those poss- all those infinite possible paths and you set up wave, you set up sort of standing waves, and you see which ones, uh, you, you basically do a Fourier transform, and you see which ones cancel each other out. And then when you do that, when you do this process of renormalization, you get unitarity, and you find your, your percentages. So from the... A quantum electrodynamic point of view, the the photon takes all possible paths, finds the path of, of least resistance, and then follows that path. Right. That's the best I can give you. No, 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 sure. I mean, it, I I appreciate that. There's probably no layman's answer to yeah. what I'm asking. Uh, it just you know, kind of one of those questions that you know, from whatever you're explaining, like, hey, that's what I want to figure out yeah. right there. You got this thing that gets into the material, it refracts. We understand the geometry, but we're talking on the quantum level on particles. And I want to hear someone eloquently explain the phenomenon on that level. And you know, who knows me? You know, and well, I know someone and, who could do it. Well, he, he, right? You, know, you can you can read the fi- you can read and listen to the Feynman lectures on physics, and you'll get a very good explanation. Um, but you're gonna have to learn a lot of math in order to to understand them. Right. I want a layman's example. I want I want Neil deGrasse Tyson to tell me how how this shit happens. This is the kind of thing that unfortunately there's no there's sure. no way that I can explain to you in English. Uh, the, the there's no. There's no model that we have that that works in the classical mm-hmm. world that we're used to to understand what's going on. Sure, we only have the math. Uh, let me make this also clear. Um, it's uh, we're not really sure this is real. <laughs> this is effective. This is this gives us predictions that are accurate. Uh, is the photon really going infinite number of paths? The math tells us it is, uh, and the math gives us accurate answers. Does that mean it's really happening? Your guess is as good as mine, man. Right. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so I don't know if I, if I spent too long, if I should get into my next topic. <laughs> uh, I would probably wager we want to hold that off till next okay. time. Okay, so okay. I think it was a good discussion, but yeah. let's not let's not, not drill overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, the the next topic will be uh, about superconductivity. Ooh, yes. 
Speaking of things like that, uh, the uh, CERN guys just put out episode three of In Particular. I've only listened to the first 10 minutes or so of it, but it, it seems like it's uh, another good podcast. Uh, definitely, I haven't got far enough. So it's called Particle Zoo, and they start off talking about the 17 elementary particles. Yes. And so it's probably pretty elementary for Greg, but for most of us armchair Gregs, it's probably pretty good. Well, there are a lot. I mean, if you're talking about things like pions and kms, you're talking about basically. They, they, well, at least not in the first 10 minutes. They didn't yeah. get that deep. They were talking about um, hadrons and leptons and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how the lowest energy quark is the most stable and 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 those that but I only got about 10 minutes in, like I said. So, but. I've talked to you about it before, and I thought it was a very good podcast. Uh, if you like, it's on this, my podcast. Downloaded. So I don't if know. you guys, if the listeners like this kind of conversation, this uber geeky technical science conversation, especially particle stuff. Um, and if you're lost, you should check out in particular because I, it it's it's basic enough that you can follow, but they don't dumb it down. One thing that I, I should point out is I should probably Dan Carlin myself a bit. Uh, I'm not a physicist. I'm a fan of physics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you're hearing from me is the, the Greg Weiss version of, of right. these things. So uh, I find that fascinating when he says he's not a historian. I mean, because he goes into such amazing depth on history. Yeah. But I guess in academia, in academia, being a historian means a specific thing. Right. That, that's the way to look at it. Is you know I don't have a degree. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to uh, eight years of graduate school. And and more to the point, like a good example is when it comes to the math, I can read it more than I can write it. Sort of like when you can read a language more than you can mm-hmm. write or say a language. Right. I wonder for Dan if that means. So I, I. I hesitate to say this because I know it's not true, but maybe on some degree it is where he his podcast is telling a interesting story mm-hmm. right and even though he's not telling fallacies or lies to make an interesting story it's still about making an interesting story yeah and where he's... a historian would not as much worry about the interesting story part of it right the yeah maybe I mean, part of it is that he's He's definitely interpreting people's motives, although he says when he when he is, mm-hmm. uh, and he's making uh, you know making comparisons to everyday to everyday events to, to give an idea, and and he loves his boxing analogies, particularly in the World War One stuff. He loved boxing analogies, uh, and so I think part of it is is that part of it is that he's. Uh, he's infusing his history with uh, with sort of a more modern sensibility and, like you said, more of a storytelling sensibility. Mm-hmm. So it's not straight numbers. Yeah, I mean, so like, I don't feel like he's mistelling history, but he's he's putting he's, a spin on it. He's highlighting the interesting parts yeah. where a historian might might deem something as historically important but less interesting. Yeah. He's, he's highlighting like the parts that he finds interesting and they just so yeah. happen to be the parts that you and I find interesting too. Which is What's really funny is uh, there's that new Howl app for Earwolf and um, 
they have a a Dan Carlin impersonator doing a whole uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my god! Like six podcasts on Game of Thrones. Are uh, they like three hours each? They are like one and a half hours each, and there are six of them. Hardcore Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Like here's a. Where did you see the at midnight the other day where they had Barry Sanders this on? This work is a parody of Dan Carlin's Heart Kingdoms of three thousand or a thousand or heck even five hundred years ago, and it's that up until very recently, the Seven Kingdoms did not consider themselves part of a larger country. Oh my god, that's so good! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's awesome! Did you see the at midnight recently where they had Barry Sanders on? It was like. Last night or the night before, no, or two nights ago, yeah. or something like that. Uh, it's James Adomian. Oh, James, yeah, okay. Doing, yeah, doing yeah, Barry Sanders. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. Oh, did I, I say Barry? Like, yeah, you said Bernie. Barry. I'm sorry, Bernie. <laughs> I misspoke. Um, I had to look up. I thought it was him, but I wasn't sure because I haven't seen, I've only yeah. seen him like on At Midnight once, and he's never really been credited on Doug Love's movies or anything like that. But I'm like, I think that's him. And the last time he was on At Midnight, he didn't do any voices or anything. Right. He was just being James. And, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the he takes sort of the groundlings approach to doing characters, which is it's not impression so much it is you're making a character out of something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that that's the that's the fun aspect of it. Yeah, he's that's not he's not an impressionist. He's doing right. like when he when he does his like Paul Giamatti is hilarious because he plays like the most sad sack person on earth. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. Um and he did he does a great super conspiracy uh uh Jesse the Body Venture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking questions. <laughs> Actually he was on Doug Love movies, wasn't he? Probably, yeah. And it was probably it was probably before I was paying enough attention to realize it wasn't really Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> you know Greg will laugh, but you know, for the longest time I, it seemed plausible for me that uh, that Doug could get Mark Wahlberg, and I thought Mark Wahlberg was just being a good sport and kind of stereotyping himself mm-hmm. um, because there wasn't anything that was too nothing that for me, not critically thinking about it, was more than a guy that can have fun with himself. Mm. I, I mean, I could sort of understand it, but after a while, it, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after a while, but for the longest time. And then, you know, I don't know who Werner Herzog is or whatever. So when Werner, they, Werner Herzog, yeah. So when that guy was on, I didn't realize that was a parody either. I just thought it was just a very eccentric German <laughs> director. Uh, I guess you do have to sort of know Paul Tompkins' oeuvre to, uh, to get those characters. They haven't had him on in a while, Werner. No, well, well, yeah, Doug's been of... like running around a lot. He's uh... yeah, he's had Paul on though. Yeah, he just hasn't had Werner on. <laughs> let's do this shit. All right, so let's do the show. Let's see what should we go with. Uh... Oh, I had someone somewhere. <laughs> Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son. <laughs> And on that note, let's get regular wrecked, son.